0: Chapter 35 of Wild Wales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Steve Goff. Wild Wales by George Borrow. Chapter 35 I woke about six o'clock in the morning, having passed the night much better than I anticipated. The sun was shining bright and gloriously into the apartment. On looking into the other bed I found that my chums, the young farm labourers, had deserted it. They were probably already in the field busy at labour. After lying a little time longer I arose, dressed myself and went down. I found my friend Honest Pritchard smoking his morning pipe at the front door, and after giving him the seal of the day I inquired of him the cause of the disturbance beneath my window the night before, and learned that the man of the horse had been thrown by the animal off its back, that the horse almost immediately after had slipped down, and both had been led home very much hurt. We then talked about farming and the crops, and at length got into a discourse about Liverpool. I asked him how he liked that mighty seaport. He said very well, but that he did not know much about it, for though he had a house there where his family had resided... He had not lived much at Liverpool himself, his absences from that place having been many and long. "'Have you travelled, then, much about England?' said I. "'No,' he replied. "'When I have travelled, it has chiefly been across the sea to foreign places.' "'But what foreign places have you visited?' said I. "'I have visited,' said Pritchard, "'Constantinople, Alexandria, and some other cities in the south latitudes.' Dear me, said I, you have seen some of the most celebrated places in the world, and yet you were silent, and said nothing about your travels, whilst that fellow Boss was pluming himself at having been at such places as Northampton and Worcester, the haunts of shoemakers and pig-jobbers. Ah, said Pritchard, but Mr. Boss has travelled with edification. It is a fine thing to have travelled, when one has done so with edification. But I have not there is a vast deal of difference between me and him he is considered the cutest man in these parts and is much looked up to you are really said i the most modest person i have ever known and the least addicted to envy let me see whether you have travelled without edification i then questioned him about the places which he had mentioned and found he knew a great deal about them amongst other things he described cleopatra's needle and the at maiden at constantinople with surprising exactness. "'You put me out,' said I. "'You consider yourself inferior to that droving fellow boss, and to have travelled without edification, whereas you know a thousand times more than he, and indeed much more than many a person, who makes his five hundred a year by going about lecturing on foreign places. But as I am no flatterer, I will tell you that you have a fault which will always prevent your rising in this world. You have modesty.' those who have modesty shall have no advancement whilst those who can blow their own horn lustily shall be made governors but allow me to ask you in what capacity you went abroad as engineer to various steamships said pritchard a director of the power of steam said i and an explorer of the wonders of iskander's city willing to hold the candle to mr boss i will tell you what you are too good for this world Let us hope you will have your reward in the next." I breakfasted, and asked for my bill. The bill amounted to little or nothing—half a crown, I think, for tea-dinner, sundry jugs of ale, bed, and breakfast. I defrayed it, and then inquired whether it would be possible for me to see the inside of the church. "'Oh, yes,' said Pritchard, "'I can let you in, for I am churchwarden, and have the key.' The church was a little edifice of some antiquity with a little wing and without a spire it was situated amidst a grove of trees as we stood with our hats off in the sacred edifice i asked pritchard if there were many methodists in those parts not so many as there were said pritchard they are rapidly decreasing and indeed dissenters in general the cause of their decrease is that a good clergyman has lately come here who visits the sick and preaches christ and in fact does his duty if all our clergymen were like him, there would not be many dissenters in Anisfon. Outside the church in the wall, I observed a tablet with the following inscription in English. Here lieth interred the body of Anne, wife of Robert Paston, who deceased the 6th day of October, Anno Domini, 1671. P. R. A. "'You seem struck with that writing,' said Pritchard, observing that I stood motionless, staring at the tablet. "'The name of Paston,' said I, struck me. "'It is the name of a village in my own native district, from which an old family, now almost extinct, derived its name. "'How came a Paston into Anisfaun? "'Are there any people bearing that name at present in these parts?' "'Not that I am aware,' said Pritchard. "'I wonder who his wife Anne was,' said I. "'From the style of that tablet she must have been a considerable person.' "'Perhaps she was daughter of the Lewis family at Llan Duvenant, said Richard. "'That's an old family and a rich one. "'Perhaps he came from a distance and saw and married a daughter of the Lewis of Devnant. "'More than one stranger has done so. "'Lord Vivian came from a distance and saw and married a daughter of the rich Lewis of Devnant." I shook Honest Pritchard by the hand, thanked him for his kindness, and wished him farewell. Whereupon he gave mine a hearty squeeze, thanking me for my custom. Which is my way, said I, to Penkair Gibby? You must go about a mile on the bank or road, and then turning to the right pass through Penmuneth. But what takes you to Holyhead? I wish to see, said I, the place where Kibby, the tawny saint, Preached and worshipped, he was called Tawny because from his frequent walks in the blaze of the sun, his face had become much sunburnt. This is a furiously hot day, and perhaps by the time I get to Hollyhead, I may be so sunburnt as to be able to pass for Kibby himself. End of chapter thirty-five.